Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, everybody, and welcome to the Kielbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza. It feels like it's been a while. Uh, Scott Wazowski, uh, Jake Kokorowski. Uh, Jake, uh, a lot's been going on. It's been a busy summer, but there's been a lot going on on the field for some of the local teams as well, and we're going to get into that. But before we do, um, how's everything going in your world? Man, it's been crazy. It's been busy. Uh just life overall, new car, uh, covering Badgers practice, covering fall camp uh, and whatnot, and also trying to fit in a vacation in between covering those pat practices. It's always nuts, man, uh, but yeah, especially the boys and the pup now. So, But uh, but no, it's good, man. How about you? Busy, a lot of family stuff, a lot of work, a lot of other things. Um, not the fun jobs like the ones you have now, but um, it's been great, but uh, what kind of car did you get? I saw that you were getting rid of the old the old car that that served you so well. But what did you end up settling? Yeah, no, we like my. It was a weird thing. My like my father in law basically just said, you know, hey, I'm selling my Camry. Uh, you know, um, or I'm going to upgrade a car. We're going to trade in the you know the the Camry. And well, how much are you going to you know pay for it? And that, long story short, we it was you know for what we needed, took care of it, and uh, basically bought it. Uh, you know, used and essentially you know my parent you know just uh giving away the the focus it just uh i mean we have how many kids now or how many kids now three kids a pup so i mean we need a bigger car so that was just one of those things that uh uh you know adulting right just finding another uh vehicle you know where i'm not ready yet for the minivan uh soon sooner than later i'm sure that'll come knocking on uh, the next five years but uh, but yeah, so no, I gave away the, the other car, the Ford Focus that I've had since 2008. And, uh, it was an old three Focus had over 160,000 miles and, uh, just, you know, bid it adieu and gave it a hug and, uh, went from there, man. So yeah, you know, like not to get sentimental, man, you know, like I don't try to, but it was a little emotional, you know, like you, that's your, that's, that was my first car. Like what was your first car? My first car, well, uh, my first car was a 1975. So let's see, I was 18. So it was 19, or 17, I'm sorry. Uh, so it was 1988. Uh, my stepfather bought me a, a 1975 Pontiac Le Mans that he fixed up. And it had a lot of issues, which I found out really, really quick. But he fixed up for like 100 bucks. It had a great engine. I mean, that thing could fly um, for something in there. Um, but I lost the exhaust system because it had rusted out like probably two months into me owning that car. And had a few other issues. I went from that to a 78 Malibu. And then my first actual car came my junior year of college where I financed and bought a Mercury Tracer, which was like two years old. So it was a used car, but new to me. 
and that would have been 91, 92, 92, I think. So um, those were my first three cars. Then I had a Chevy Cavalier that lasted me quite some time, and a Honda Civic, and then a whole bunch of vehicles in and out. I mean, we, we owned a Prius that, that got wrecked, and we now own a, a Nissan, but I don't drive that car every day because Catherine needs it for work. So I drive hodgepodge of junk cars because I can't afford a second car payment. So that's that's that. So I guess I've downgraded over the years. Well, I mean, I mean, that's a big thing too. Before we get into sports, I mean, you know, it's, it's it, the financing for a second car is just insane. We just paid off our our main vehicle that we take it's our family car, our Ford Escape. We just paid that off earlier this year. Sure. And it just you're trying to fit in two. You're trying to fit in a mortgage. You're trying to fit in two car payments. I mean, I know we're kind of going off on tangent, but gosh, man, like it's just a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to take in and, you know, trying to depend on incomes and, and trying to fit in other, you know, savings down the road. It's ugh, like, you know, it, you don't realize when you get out of college, just how much did it go, you know, what goes into it. And uh, even, you know, being kids, you know, like following sports teams, like going to the stadium with your parents now, uh, it, you know, going to a Brewers game, it's how much, you know, it, it, granted, it's more affordable compared to other stadiums, in my opinion, but you're still, you know, for a family of five, you drop 100 to 125 bucks probably. Sure. Uh, with, sure. with everything. But well, uh, you, you've got a, a Camry. Camrys are fine vehicles. Um, you know, certainly nothing to be, nothing to be upset about there. However, the Milwaukee Brewers of late, um, have felt a little bit like a, a 1977 uh, AMC Pacer. Um, you, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I know, you know, th- there's two sides. There's the people who are usually negative because they've seen the brewers in these positions before. Then there's the people who are overly, sometimes ridiculously optimistic. And then there's the in-between. I know that people on the surface, you, 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 you'll look at uh, where the brewers sit right now a half game up in a wild card, and you're like, well, you should be happy about that. I, here's where my fear comes in. If you look at the wild card race, because the Brewers are three games back in the division, right? If you right. look at the wild card race, uh, I, you have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams within six games of the number one wild card spot. Um, yep. And out of those six teams, let's just review it real quick, because I'll tell you why I'm concerned. We talked about it before. Teams who, who, you know, the Brewers didn't make a big trade for pitcher, be it Cole Hamels, who has looked really good with the Cubs, be it uh, uh, Archer, who I think is going to be dynamic and amazing. I know it was a steep price, but I'll get to that. That was a huge price. That was insane. How do we know it was huge? How do we know what these guys are going to turn into? I mean, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, the Sabathia rental – you give up the number one prospect to Matt Laporta, and you know Michael Brantley, Brantley is the only one that makes it out of there and is a, an officer for Cleveland. So I, 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 I think can, if, can see the point there. I understand if that. You get part. a chance if you get a chance to listen to, and I don't, I don't, I don't need to show for them. I'm, I, it is what it is. I can take or leave their show. But uh, Chuck and Wicket this afternoon or this morning, I should say, on the fan here, Chuck, in Chuck and Winkler. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I wish or, it was Wicket. I liked Wicket, but anyway. They had Dave Kaplan from uh, this uh, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, and they made an excellent point. They talked about a trade back when the Cubs were contending a little ahead of schedule, and they could have gotten Piazza from Miami, right? And they wouldn't throw in this extra prospect. They ended up swinging a deal with the Mets instead. He ended up having a great end of his career with the Mets. 
The player in question was a guy who was a number one prospect. I don't even remember the guy's name because when he named it, I never heard of the kid. My point is, great farm systems can make those moves and have the next guys ready to step up and fill those spots. So by not making moves like that, whether it was DeGrom, whether it was Archer, you're basically saying, I don't believe enough in the depth of my farm system to be able to replenish if we make a trade for two of our top three or four prospects. The the thing is, we know, let's look at the teams that are here competing with the Brewers. And you tell me, I don't care what their ear, don't look at stats. I'm looking at how they're constructed right now for the last 40 games. If there's a, if these are better pitching staffs than the Brewers, Philadelphia, would you say they have a better staff? I'm counting bullpen to pitching staff, top to bottom. Do you like that one better? Now I'm going to tell you, they have Aaron Nola, who I think is one of the top five pitchers in the national league. That in and of itself, because now they have that guy. They have that guy that can give you seven innings every time out, sometimes eight, maybe an occasional complete game. You get two guys that can get you seven innings every time out. You're talking about two to three extra innings a week that you don't have to use what is now an overtaxed bullpen. So, again, you might look at it and go, well, the bullpen's been really good. Yes, but right now this bullpen is running on about half a tank. And some of these other teams went out and made bullpen acquisitions as well. Yep. Too, but the guy they got is now in the DL. That's Soria. Okay, Atlanta. What do you think of the depth? First of all, their bullpen looks really good, especially with some of the additions they made by bringing in Brad Black and some other guys. But if you look at their rotation, they got a young, dynamic rotation that has, I think, a far higher ceiling than a lot of the guys currently in the Brewers pitching staff. No, I think the Braves do. <clears throat> I mean, like I said, the bull the bullpen for the Brewers is great, but. We, we've but seen it hasn't some... been the last three weeks, and that's right. that, that's an indication that they're wearing down. I think Washington, the back end of their bullpen right now is a mess because they got three guys on a deal. But when they're healthy, I mean, they got a Max Scherzer. Who's the Brewers' Max Scherzer? No one. Uh, I mean, well, Chassin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, he's. I mean, who pitched a gem yesterday in that in that shutout win? But then again, I mean, like I said, he's not obviously. I mean, he's this year's, I think someone used it uh, in another, uh, from a radio, local radio here, kind of like this year's Chase Anderson, just catching hot, and, and Anderson hasn't met right. up to those standards. Right, right, because that's, at this point, after four, five, six years in the bigs, you are who you are. I'm sorry, you could have good years, but you are who you are. Pittsburgh, with Archer being there, again, they went out and got a couple pieces for that bullpen. I think their pitching staff better than the Brewers right now. Arizona, they went out and got... Even though Robbie Ray's been disappointing, they went out and they got some back-of-the-bullpen help. Uh, That staff is better. Colorado, maybe it's a toss-up, although I like the back of their bullpen. It's a little bit more fresh, and they went out and acquired, oh, uh, the Dodgers. They have seven or eight starters. They have to put two. Well, Stripling just went on a deal today, but they've got to put Stripling and Maida in the bullpen because they have so many starters. Definitely deeper. Now, Jensen, the closer's out, but it looks like he'll only be out another week, week and a half, and he'll be back ready to go. My point being, and in San Francisco, I'm not going to count, even though they're, six, they're in that mix. The Brewers in there. And then St. Louis, I, I think it, it could be a toss-up. Maybe the Brewers could match up well with the St. Louis rotation because of some of the injuries they have there, although they went out and made a trade to get Tyson Ross to help with the depth there. The Brewers didn't do that. 
And look, I like Chachin. He's having a good year. I liked it when they signed him. I thought he'd be a good third or fourth starter. Chase Anderson has been very up and down. Junior Guerra had been good for a, a good stretch, but he got roughed up a little bit today. Uh, Peralta, I don't know what that. He, again, all the fans who say well, you can't get rid of him, he's a sure thing. I, I, there's no such thing as a sure thing, and I don't think he's that yet. So there's just a lot of concern, and and if I wouldn't be as concerned if the bullpen hadn't been so overused. But now you're seeing the starters today being the outlier. Fine, yesterday Jajine went seven. The Brewers needed that, but. You're seeing them get five in. Wade Miley, you know, two starts in a row, he was pitching fine. He had been on 80 pitches. And in the sixth, council decides, well, he, five's enough. Really? With your bullpen as taxed as it is, five's enough? You, I, you know, I, I think that Craig Council's been exposed as not a great game manager. I think he right now looks, projects out to be a guy who's good at managing a team of young rebuilding players, but hasn't proved that he can manage in a pennant race yet. I mean, you can say that's unfair, but it's two years in a row that down a stretch, they're starting to fade. At some point, somebody's got to bear the brunt of that. As my good friend, uh, my former colleague, Steve Haywood used to say, it might not be your fault, but it's your problem. It might not be Craig Council's fault, but it certainly is his problem that this team has faded down a stretch <clears throat> last year and right now could happen again this year. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously – the series, the two series last week, or what you know, really, there were stinkers there. You you lose two out of the three to both the Padres and to the Braves, and especially with the Braves, that that Sunday win. I was driving back from, uh, you know, where I was driving with the family, and you know, you're here on the radio. Oh, look at all these hits! You know, they had seven runs, but then you also leave how what thirteen players on base, yeah. and so oh, it's a great yeah. offensive performance, but well, that Sunday game because the bullpen, every reliever gave up a run in that game. And the Thursday game against the Padres when Canabo got the bases loaded and they got jacked around. Those are two that you circle as a fan and you go, boy, these are two we could have had. And I know you don't want to play coulda, shoulda, woulda, but let's play coulda, shoulda, woulda for a minute, right? You win those two games, okay? So even as things are now, you win those two games. You have 70 wins. The Cubs have 69 uh, nice. you're only a, you're only a, a game out behind them. Cause they'd have, they have you in a loss column by a couple of games, but you're still, you're, you're three games up in a wild card. You know, then you got a little breathing room. And especially because one of those losses was to the Braves. Who's right on your heel. Right? So I, they lead their division, but you know what I mean? They're ahead of the brewers in the standings and yada, yada, yada. Um, it, it was important to, to have that one, at least one of those two games. Those are two that you circle. And if they miss it by a game or two this year, you go, boy, those games just came back and bit you in the rear end. And, uh, you know, again, there's still plenty of time. I get it. I just don't see, you know, where they're going to get the, the, the fresh arms from. You know, the one thing that really bothered me last week, Fernando Rodney ends up getting put on waivers. The A's, who have a better record than the Brewers, claimed him. And he got traded or he got claimed. Why did the Brewers not claim him? I, I mean, he was there for that. Do you see what I'm like? Yeah, I can see what you're saying. It, Absolutely. It's it's frustrating because, again, you might say, well, we got a good bullpen. You got a tired bullpen. It would be nice to have one more arm. We thought that would be Soria. Maybe it will be, but Soria is injured right now. It would be nice to have one more fresh arm. It doesn't always have to be Hader or Jeffress or uh, Knable, but they don't have that. If they had one more fresh arm in the bullpen, I'd feel a little bit better. Um, 
but we'll see. I mean, right now they don't they don't have that. And again, the other guys they could have got Hap, Evoldi, both those guys have pitched well. Hap was on the DL for a week with hand, foot, and mouth disease, but otherwise he's pitched good for the Yankees. Evaldi got roughed up last week after having three great starts in a row. Again, those are guys that would be good to have. What I really want, like I said, I really wanted Hamill because of his postseason experience and his record in August and September when he's been on playoff teams. Because that tells me that he knows how to pitch in big games. Who's the Brewers' big game pitcher? I know you said Chichin right now because he's having the best season on paper, but who has big game experience on this staff? Oh, I know. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it. They're on the staff in terms of the. I mean, just what they're doing in terms of the starters. I mean, not not much, and so they need to. I mean, it's going to be a rough go. I mean, depending on when Soria comes back and others. Uh, I mean, they're they're going to have to balance stuff, and you're going to have to ask hopefully a little bit more. Now, I mean, the word I think it came down today from a from Craig Council um, talking to the media about Jimmy Nelson not coming back this year uh, is is a huge thing too. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, you know, not saying that they were depending upon him, but the, the you know, the starter that has ace stuff potentially before the injury, I mind you. Well, uh, I, I'll you tell know. you what, I'm not surprised that he's not coming back because I had predicted this months ago. And all the Brewer fans out there who basically said, oh, yeah, yeah, don't don't worry about it. It's, it's you know, they're going to get Jimmy Nelson back. Well, yeah, here you go. I, I mean, here you go. <laughs> I, uh, coming up, I mean, they well, Brewers go and they face uh, St. Louis, uh, big series, obviously. Uh, just you mentioned the wild card standings earlier, and I mean a red hot or uh, you know Cardinals team for that matter. You know, winning seven straight, nine and one in the last ten games. Now ten games over, uh, and as we mentioned before, just a game out of the wild of a wild card card spot. Uh, you know, it's uh, what has I mean, what have you seen out of them? Um, out of the Cardinals? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. What's changed? <clears throat> Sorry, what's well, changed underneath Mike Matheny? Uh, nothing's. Or, I'll, well, tell well, I'll tell you. Well, that. I'll tell you what's changed. Mike Matheny's gone. That's changed. Um, because the bottom line is with uh with Mike Matheny, there there was a fracture. There was a fracture in in that clubhouse, and he by him leaving, it was just again. There's some guys that their your voice is just no longer being heard. Uh, because this team, this Cardinals team, is still good because they've got a great farm system, they got a great program, they got the Cardinal way, much like the Dodger way. Want to be the Cardinals? Yes, the, I'd like the Brewers to be the Dodgers or the Yankees, but they don't have that kind of money. The Brewers should want to be the Cardinals because they get it right. They get it right all the time. So, um, well, I should say all the time, more often than not. So, I don't know. I, I, that's so. Anyway, what's what's changed about them? They, they're they're happy again. They're the Mike Matheny cloud is gone. They're fe- they're playing unencumbered and they're playing to their abilities. Chris Carpenter started the season terrible. Now he's an MVP candidate. Okay, Marcelo Zuna, uh, great acquisition for them. Started slow. Now he's playing better. He's starting to hit like he should. So I think those are probably the two biggest things offensively is that Carpenter and um, and Azuna are starting to look like the players that they've been their career. Um, they were underachieving, and they've, they've figured a way to fight out, and they've been better. So I, I think those are probably the biggest changes. 
Um, they've had to overcome some injuries on, on the pitching staff, and yet they've managed to do that. And, uh, you know, still managed to figure out, again, because they bring up these guys, and next thing you know, these guys are, you know, unheard of, some of them, and, and, and they're pitching really well. I'm looking at their stats right now from a pitching standpoint, though, too. So you got Miles Mikolas, uh, a, a guy with a 1.05 whip, better than anything the Brewers have, right? I mean, as far as that goes. And, yep. and again, a guy that Jack Flaherty, never heard of this guy. He wasn't like a touted, really touted guy you should be watching out for. And Flaherty's been really good. Weaver hasn't been great, but he's been better as of late. Um, and all that comes, you know, on, on the heels of losing Carlos Martinez for the year, who's, you know, to me, I think their best pitcher and, and whatnot in Alex Reyes and some of those other guys or not for the season, but, you know, having him been injured for a little bit here and there, but they've got a good rotation, but the bats are starting to come alive. They've got the best defensive. They have a pitching coach on the field in, in Molina, which is another thing that hurt them right around the time that Matheny was on the hot seat. Uh, they, they, they were without Molina for three weeks and the pitching staff struggled because of that. Um, so I, I mean, another Michael Waka, 320 year. I, they just, they, they just keep producing year after year. Somebody leaves, the next guy steps up. Somebody leaves, the next guy steps up. Makes them a, a threat every year. You know, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs the last couple of years, but they weren't like 30 games out. It's been a while since they've been quote unquote out of it. They just, they're always in the hunt. They they do it the cardinal way. They don't overspend. Um, and, you know, even this year, they traded Tommy Pham, who's a, a young player that, that's got a high upside, for some prospects, some international money to Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is not even in a pennant race. So they can even make moves where people mistakenly looked at that move and said, oh, they're selling off. No, they're not. They're just looking for improvements in their farm system. They never stop trying to improve top to bottom. Even the way their minor league affiliates, when I've watched them play A-ball here in Wisconsin, up at, at Appleton, they conduct themselves like professionals, the cardinal way. That's the way the Brewers should try to emulate. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they can take, uh, they can win the series uh, starting this weekend on, was it tomorrow? Not tomorrow, but uh, Friday. Friday yeah. And, yep, and, and, and going from there, uh, I mean, yeah, we're getting to the, the home stretch there. Uh, as, as baseball winds down, though, we got the Green Bay Packers. I mean, we've got, obviously, uh, I've been covering Wisconsin Badgers Fall camp will probably next week or the week after kind of dig into, I think, some Badger talk there. Well, I think next and, week. Yeah, next week or the week after makes sense because we're close to the, to the, uh, to the uh, opener that uh, Friday night game, right? If I'm not mistaken, I don't have my schedule in front of me here, but. Um, yep, Friday night game. Yep, that is the 31st uh, against Western Kentucky. Yeah. So that is a big matchup there, and especially with the just how this team, you know, will be. Uh, there are a lot of question marks on defense, though. I have a false sense of confidence with who they're replacing. Although, like I said, there are a lot of things that'll change between facing your teammates in a particular pro style look compared to a Wisconsin, you know, to a, a spread look, uh, a different style pro look with Iowa or even Michigan down the road. So, uh, yeah, but no, there are a lot of questions there. School, uh, but there, you know, there are some questions. Coaches the, all over the, the state are upset that the Badgers are playing Friday night, but oh well. Um, so, but the Packers have a preseason game tomorrow. I'll actually be at that game. 
Yeah. Oh, you will? Oh, nice. Nice. How'd you get going down there seeing uh, you'll, you'll have, get to see TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers come into town? And uh, I, I guess, you know, it was the first game of the year, but what were some of your first thoughts about the, you know, the preseason game, uh, seeing the backup quarterbacks play, anything, you know, the young wide receivers stepping up, uh, you know, in that game and having somewhat of a bigger game. What were your initial thoughts when it came to, you know, that first preseason Boy, game? Know, some of the receivers looked all right. Uh, it's scary that Brent, and it's just one game. And I know people are panicking and I'm fuel of the fire and I don't mean to. It's scary that Hunley looked better than Deshaun Kaiser, though he should. Hunley's been in the system for four years, and Kaiser, it, it's his first game in the system, and it wasn't like Hunley was night and day better than than uh, Kaiser. Um, I thought some of the young receivers looked good. I thought the defense looked good. I'm worried about the depth. I'm worried about the safeties. I'm worried about the depth and inside linebacker. Truth be told. What do you? But let me ask you this. Let me shift gears a little bit. I'm ask you what you think of the, I guess I'd call them crazy rumors because I'm kind of used to the Ted Thompson era of Khalil Mack perhaps becoming a Packer. I mean, oh, I'm intrigued. Uh, what, what can I say about that? I, I'm intrigued. I think because what Brian Gutekinds did that, with with trading that you know getting that first round draft pick from New Orleans, it's a valuable bargaining chip, and I find that heavily interesting, heavily interesting, you know. And so, do I feel that it's wise to do it? Mm, I you know maybe we've all been brainwashed into the yeah, just, oh you know just draft like picks are pretty valuable, are but kind we of know valuable, they are. But you see where that gets you sometimes, right? And and I, I I do want you to understand, and I think you know this, but other people understand, I'm not saying you trade at your whole farm system. I'm not saying you trade all your draft picks. I'm saying that you have a two-tiered approach. You have a little bit more balance, right? And the Packers, let's face it, they didn't do much as far as trades, but they certainly didn't do a lot in free agency over the course of the last five years at the very least, right? And there's been a little bit of a of a overall downturn in the way they've played, right? So I do think there's some, I do think there's some important, look, Mac, Mac is a special player. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't advocate doing this if, if it wasn't for somebody who's just, I, I mean, I really think he's a special player at 27, uh, still has a couple of, you know, really good years left. And I'm not, again, the Packers wouldn't, you know, they'd have to keep him beyond this year and sign him. But what I'm saying is he's not going to come here and, and, and not contribute, especially since he's playing for as much money as he can. Um, so I, I don't know. It would be it'd be interesting. I'd love to see it happen. I don't think it's going to, to be quite honest with you. I don't care what the odds makers, the odd shark or whoever it was that, that put it together. I don't care what they say. I don't think it's going to happen. But I'd be all for it if it did. Yeah, I think I'd be up there too. I th I'll agree with you on that note. I think they would be, very, in my opinion, it'd be very, it'd bolster a position that's obviously in need, uh, you know, and, and some uncertainty outside of Nick Perry, who's on the pup list, and then Who will you know, be Clay on the Matthews, who's, who's obviously aging as well. <clears throat> uh, you still have Clay Matthews. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, potentially. 
Uh, you have that. You have just you know you have Reggie Reggie Gilbert, Vince Beagle, Kyle, Kyler Fackrell, uh, and you know and Be- this is a big year for him to try to step up in in terms of Beagle uh, being a fourth round draft pick. And usually with you have a fourth round draft pick, those players are going to try you know should be contributing and at the very least if not starting uh you know and so we've had vince on the show and i you know i covered him uh when uh for wisconsin uh when he was here as a madison as a badger so it i think it'd be a great move i I don't know how much it would take if it would be two first round draft picks straight up for for mac and if they could sign him long term well gosh uh you know outside of injury i mean at least you have a, a sure thing with uh, you know a perennial All Pro type player and in a game changer, uh, and you can combine that with yeah. Mike Pettin's defense. Be. Man, hey, we're gonna get it's into something. this be something. a little bit more. It'd be something probably in the next week or two if we get together about like the roster and who the Packers keep. But I will tease it a little bit um, by asking you: when you look at the receivers, now I would say that we obviously Cobb and Adams and Geronimo Allison are the for sures, right? Um, and then you have this group of, of and I don't know if they're going to keep five or six. I'm guessing they're going to keep six. But then you have Trevor Davis, who really hasn't done a whole lot. Jermon Moore, who everybody seems to love. And then Jake Camaro uh, uh, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't know why, and maybe I'll see it a little bit more tomorrow. But this love affair with, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a little bit uh, interesting. I mean, I think I think everyone wants Jake Kumaro to be up there, right? Just because of the UW Whitewater uh, background, and and obviously he's got some lineage in the NFL. His dad played in the NFL. His cousin and cousins and uncle. His cousins, uh, obviously, there's Nick Bosa. Then Joey Bosa is, uh, or yeah, was it? I have I mix up those two. Both went to Ohio State. One of them right now is like the you know is a dominant NFL All Pro. On that note, uh, and then you have. You know, one at Ohio State, uh, going to probably be another first round draft pick next year. So, I mean, I like Kumaro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like what he's done uh, so far from what you see and what you hear. But yeah, like, uh, you know, the younger wide receivers, I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, you, uh, everyone's you know made what? the big deal I, out of the comments he made when it came Who to. Cares? Like, you know, I mean, listen, Dan Marino, you know, is revered as a great court, and he would dress down his receivers on the field. Like, I, I don't even think what he said was that harsh. I, I, I really don't. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. I don't think so either. I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not really against it. You know, I, he's a quarterback that's trying to do stuff. That's right. You know, he's obviously the quarterback of the team, as he mentioned, and he has to call it out. I mean, this is a, if, if a franchise quarterback like himself is calling this out, uh, he need you know, and, and it, it means for the young receivers to to get up and do something. And it, you know, and obviously there's a motivational tool behind it, you know. And so I thought some of them responded during the games, but you know, I, I know Roger said earlier this week that it really depends upon practicing here, where practices practices are more important than games because that's where all the install is, and that and you're not going playing vanilla. You're you're learning more of the schemes, and you're going up against other schemes uh, for for the Packers defense. So uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what much to do about that, but I mean, they do need some young receivers. I mean, you get rid of Jordy Nelson. I don't care how they use Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, if he's going to be like split out as a wide receiver too, but he's still technically a tight end. 
so they need some of the young guys to step up, and obviously they drafted three wide receivers for a reason. And so uh, we'll see who sticks there. We'll see if Jay Kumaro can make a you know make a he ha- and he's done it so far. We're making a you sure. know and, and as we talk play about for a roster um, spot, uh, Valdez Scantling. Uh, some of the things I'm reading back on his draft stuff, a lot of body catching. You know, he's got a small hands, so he drops a lot of balls. But he can he he can run. I mean, he can beat you on the deep ball. Um, but he just his routes aren't as sharp, and he's got small hands. So we'll see. I mean, again, I know it's easy to fall. It, it's preseason football is so boring that you just fall in love with guys just because you know. I mean, the, what else? I mean, you didn't see your 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 starters on offense play much at all if and some not at not at all so what do you have to talk about right you got to find some of these guys and see what ends up happening but we'll see we'll see how it all shakes down yeah we'll see how many reps or how many series aaron Rodgers gets i'm guessing probably one uh the over under would be yeah. 1.5 i would say if you're a betting man so yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I think you'll probably get what you know at least a series or two, depending upon how everything looks, and uh, it really depends on if like Bulaga and Bakhtiari. I don't think they're playing. I don't think they're playing, which puts me even yeah. a little bit more, oh, yeah. a little bit nervous. Is that yeah. okay to think? What you're you don't have your two left tackles that they're in. So we'll see, um, especially with the way that you know Byron Bell played last week, and uh, you know a guy like Jason Spriggs or. Whatnot uh, on that line, I'm not necessarily uh, confident. It's maybe a good word there. So no, it'll be. I am. Uh, uh, we're we'll see what row. happens. But uh, where are your um, seats, by the way? Like around the forty yard line. There was a friend of mine who got tickets. Ooh, he's like, yeah, nice. you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, as long as I don't have to pay for them. <laughs> so because I, sorry, it's preseason. I don't have to tell you. So, nice. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to kind of see some of it, uh, some of it develop and I'll be watching the defense and I'll be watching again, I guess the receivers and see what, what comes out of it. Um, you know, again, seeing, you know, you guys like Clark and, and take the next step and see what, what Oren Burks is going to have to do as he's pressed into action now because of some of the injuries. And, um, from what I've heard that, uh, Devon House hasn't looked good. We'll see how that shakes down. Um, you know, uh, Kentrell Bryce, uh, who a couple of years ago we were talking about, um, you know, we don't even know why this guy's on the team, and now he's in a starting role at safety, you know. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what this all looks like. But uh, um, that's what I'm kind of looking at is that defense. Because, you know, like I said, in 2016, um, when he, you know, he didn't start, he was, but he just, people, he was a target for people. Like, yeah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And now, like I said, he's a starter. So, uh, hopefully he's learned a little bit and he knows what he's doing. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm, I'm guessing I'm get Yeah. I, I trust Mike Pettin as a defensive coordinator and obviously his time in Cleveland as a head coach was marred by a terrible ownership, by the way, for that matter. Uh, and which I think still plagues, uh, even with, I mean, I think Dorsey now is the GM obviously will help squat, you know, neutralize or nullify some of, some of that, those decisions. But, uh, well, yeah, we'll see how those, that plays out. Uh, but I, you know, I, I trust Mike Pettin when it comes to me, him being a defensive coordinator, uh, what he did with the New York jets and then what he did with at Buffalo, 
uh, before taking on that Cleveland job. So, uh, but yeah, yeah but yeah, that, other than that, anything else? That uh, covers, we're we're yeah, almost with 35 minutes in. Now. Hopefully we'll get uh, together let's, next uh, week and try to be as home consistent from as we can, even if it's a half hour. There's a lot going to be happening between the Packers, Badgers, maybe the Brewers in the postseason. Next thing you know, college basketball will be right there with a, a reinvigorated Badger basketball team and the Bucks, uh kicking off a new arena. So we got a lot going on in the next couple of months, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm ready to ready to go home, literally and figuratively. On that note, folks, make sure you guys follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Kilbasa Kings WI. Uh, follow Scotty at Scott Wisk Two and me at Jake Coco K O C O B Five Q. And uh, yeah, uh, make sure, of course, check out Bucky's Fifth Quarter at B5Q, our Instagram page, because I'm taking some fun pictures during spring, uh, during fall camp, I, I should say. Uh, so make sure to follow our Instagram account. And then uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, hopefully we'll have, I'm hoping like get down there early on the 31st and do some tailgate spotting, uh, not to steal any food from anybody, but if anyone wants to uh, be part of our B5Q tailgate party mm-hmm. uh, hashtag there, uh, we'll have some fun there too. So uh, lots going on. We are a couple ways away from a couple weeks away from Wisconsin college, you know, college football going on, uh, and then after that, a week away from from NFL starting up yeah, with the Green Bay Packers. It's gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna be crazy. We're looking forward to it. All right, guys, y'all have a great week. Uh, as we say in Polish, doza bachenia. We'll catch you guys next week here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.